Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we are discussing Season 5, Episode 5, First Blood. On this episode, Harrison goes ham, Deb and Manzone find a maggot factory, Laguista is threatened by an IA agent potentially sleeping with LaGuerta, and Lumen agrees to leave town and has a pat-down meltdown. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I didn't hate it. It's not necessarily in my favorite categories, but like, I, uh, I'll tell you this. So far, I'm not disliking this season as much as I, th- I was led to believe I would dislike, maybe. But also, I'm not sure if that's really the intent of the show i don't know i I was it was okay it was good (laughs) yeah i felt the same way it was just an episode i have nothing good to say about it nothing really bad to say it was just an episode and that is kind of representational of this entire season it's just there it's not good it's not bad it's just there and that's how i felt about this episode yeah i mean they've rebooted the show They've they've gotten rid of the whole Rita and the kids thing. Um, the only vestige of that is the whole Sonia and Harrison thing of can Dexter keep Sonia from quitting her job and and leaving him to have to be a parent at all or not? Because we get the impression that Dexter doesn't really do anything with Harrison except go to mommy and me or whatever the hell that is but uh um and before i even get into the plot i wanted to point out in true dexter blu-ray fashion the menu montage on the second disc which we're now on uh is showing clips of things that haven't happened yet including shots of peter weller johnny lee miller and lumen holding a gun so some of that happens in this episode but if you popped in that second disc and had to wait for your significant other to get back from the bathroom you would probably see some things that uh that you shouldn't see yet well also like johnny lee miller he hasn't even made an appearance i don't think he makes an appearance neither is peter weller yeah Yeah. i'm like at this are those guys (laughs) yeah it's like i guess peter weller's first appearance is this episode he's in this episode barely oh boy and And with the gun is in this episode I didn't even see him in this episode, I don't think. Yeah. Was it just like a quick flash? I'll point it out when it it happens. Well, this was just an episode that I was just there for. It's not like I was paying any attention. I was just (laughs) watching it out of obligation, not out of interest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had had some similar similar times where I was like... um, I had this, this problem where I keep thinking about how funny it would be if they just replaced Julia Stiles with Ryan Stiles. And then I start daydreaming in my head about Ryan Stiles playing the part and completely miss what's going on and have to rewind and listen again. That would so. significantly change the show. Yeah. Yeah, it really would. Definitely um, later this season. So uh, it starts with Dexter taking Harrison to some kind of toddler play class. It doesn't tell us this until later in the episode, but it's called Mommy and Me. Um, under the cover of a big tarp, Harrison scratches another kid's face and cleans the blood off his fingers. Dexter says he's already getting rid of evidence. Um, this scene then and now irritated me, um, but only because uh, 
I've I've been in that situation where I'm the only dad at a mom and child event, and that's always an irritating thing when that happens. So it's more PTSD than yeah. just the irritation with the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Dexter meets with Lumen. He reiterates that she should go home, and she reiterates that she can't go after what uh, happened to her. Her wounds are now down to some scrapes on her knuckles and a strangely wet scratch where her hair parts that she should be able to cover, but I think the makeup department made sure it was there, so we noticed They have, like, the worst makeup department ever on the show, for the most part. Yeah. Cutting costs wherever they can, yeah. I've never seen anybody who's been beat up or bruised or injured, ever. They just took her to Sephora and was like, put some makeup on. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Lumen is uh, has the same thing that Wolverine has, where she heals faster than most people. <laughs> so, well, time doesn't exist in Dexter. <laughs> That's true. It's been it's been either one day since Rita was killed, or like six years, <laughs> depending yeah. on who which character you're talking to. Honestly, because then I saw Harrison, and I was like, oh, they must have shot this later on when he was older, but then they still presumed he was younger, because he still looks like he's way too old yeah. for the age he's supposed to be. It's so dumb. And he, he makes the mark, too. I think at some point, I, I don't know if it's in this episode, but I do remember him stating specifically 10 months, and you're like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times two. It's a thyroid issue, man. Come on. <laughs> What is Deb feeding? Whatever Deb's not eating, Harrison's eating. (laughs) Well, Rita was such a big girl, you know, so that's why Harrison's so large. Lumen asks Dexter to help her find the men responsible and kill them. Dexter says that that will only make things worse and open up something more dark within her. He gives her a plane ticket to Minneapolis. She leaves with the ticket angrily, um, obviously not taking his advice. Deb is getting ready to go, but Quinn could take that ass back to bed. Deb seems to want to argue, but Quinn points out his time off was a use-it-or-lose-it ultimatum from LaGuerta. Uh, Deb and Angel run into the mother of the kid that got his throat sliced open in front of Deb. Angel translates for Deb, who asks the kid questions. They get a drawing of a small tattoo the kid remembers from Fuentes' hand. Deb checks in with Dexter about Mommy and Me. Dexter asks who she stayed with last night, but she won't tell him. They agree not to have lunch together. Um, that's just me just summarizing a lot of lines that just kind of go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, high school BS Angel asked Deb, as a female, if she would ever go for the IA guy who was back in LaGuardia's office again. She'd rather put out a campfire with her face. Deb and Angel visit the sudden tattoo haver slash expert Masuka, who has a naked lady riding a dragon tattooed on his back that disappears into his leopard print bikini bottoms. He sends them to his body artist. I mean, this is my favorite part of the whole episode. (laughs) Maybe the part where I blacked out. This is definitely the part where he blacked out. <laughs> Everything after this is gone. I remember nothing. My notes was, just say pause for Brooke. <laughs> uh, I was, for me, I was like, this is so gratuitous. Like, this is not what tattoo parlors are in the slightest. Like, at least in my experience. Maybe in Miami, it's a little bit more sleazy. I don't know. I, was, I thought it was just so funny. I think I was pretty much giggly at this point, not just being like, this is stupid. This is not what life is like, but whatever. It's Miami and Dexter. 
The only thing that popped into my head was as soon as you saw it, it's just like, eh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. And like went under and came back out of his underwear and yeah, there was some something gnarly going we on. We saw there. more Masuka than was necessary. Yeah. They really were just trying really hard to give him something to do. They're running out of obnoxious lines that they had to show him pretty much naked. Well, he kept talking about if they kept making fun of him, he was going to drop the curtain, which sounded like completely the wrong thing I wanted. (laughs) And then Deb (laughs) was done with him, and she said, drop the curtain, like she didn't want to see it anymore. And I'm like, don't tell Masuka to drop anything. You're going to end up way worse shape than you're in right now. Oh, sorry, I jumped the gun. We're just talking about specifically the Masuka tattoo. I thought we were talking about and the tattoo parlor, because that's my bad. Oh, the parlor. Um, yeah, we're getting to that. <laughs> we're getting to the parlor. That's what I was thinking of when I was like, this is ridiculous. But this is the, the prefaces to that, which is just as ridiculous. Yes. It's uh, all ridiculous, so it's fine. Yes. Uh, Dexter goes to Case Boyd's apartment to try and find information on his accomplices. Someone else came in and left blood at the scene trying to cover something up. But the blood turns out to be Lumen's. Surprise, surprise. Dexter picks the lock on Lumen's motel room and finds her crime board complete with questions like where did it happen she has a new name but is unsure if he was involved harry tells dexter that lumen seems unstable thanks a lot harry Um, (laughs) harry's so he's so pathetic (laughs) dexter and lumen meet again at the same place they have the same conversation dexter tries to talk her out of finding her attackers she still disagrees and leaves laguista have a scene Angel asks if there's anything they need to know about his case with IA. She's evasive and says she might be late getting home. Angel sees her leave in a car with the IA agent. <laughs> this, this, like, this is the best detective work that Angel's done at all, I think. I mean, really, it's just like, oh, I'm on the case to find out if my wife is sucking this guy off. Uh, well, to be fair, he was in that IA agent's car before she was, way back in season one. <laughs> That's right. I may have seen something that I shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. That whole, this whole plot line is so stupid. And they play it like Angel's not allowed to question her when they're at work, which, okay, whatever, that's fine. But they do live together. So you'd think at some point he'd be like, you know, I'm your husband. Please tell me what the hell you're doing with that guy. Yeah. And she should have to answer. But in their relationship, she is always outranking him. And he can never get a straight answer out of her. Yeah. And it's so stupid not to jump the gun on this one, too. But like the thing when we find out what the whole thing is about or whatever, it's just like that's a conversation you can have with the person and still keep it a secret. Like it's, there's yeah. no reason to keep it a secret whatsoever from angel. There's no reason <laughs> yeah. to keep it a secret. From but angel. that doesn't move this terrible plot forward. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing moves this plot forward because it's a terrible plot. Yeah. This, this plot's been going for two seasons. One and a, one and a half. This so uh, far. To, of them being married is well, them together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just way too long. Everything with those two is one of them not trusting the other over and over in different ways. 
And, She's got and, too much money. I don't trust her. She's with the. It's so it's the same thing, yeah, and nobody Angel cares about them asking anyway. Deb what she thinks about the theoretical situation of Deb. Why Deb of all people? <laughs> go. I mean, go ask somebody else. Like I'm, I'm waiting for him to pass Laguerta a note that just says, "Are you cheating on me? Check yes or no." Well. Yeah, and uh, and and Deb should just answer like every question with, "Well, when I was dating the ice truck killer, this is what happened." So that's that's my experience, Angel. <laughs> um, the new Camilla brings Dexter the record for Bruner of Lumen's target. I don't think we've seen her for a season or two. Um, Masuka takes Deb to meet Michelangelo, the tattoo artist. Um, I didn't look up this actress's name, but she is uh, one of the regular characters on the Ray Donovan show. Um, all they learn is that the tattoo is an eye, sort of like the Illuminati symbol, which, right. man, the insight there. Thank goodness they got to go to the tattoo parlor and find that out. Hey, my <laughs> Metro would have never figured that out. Yeah. That's that's what I was saying about how like the, the tattoo parlor is like a gratuitous moment they have to just like throw in there, so they're just like, oh, remember this is showtime. We can have these stupid things we need to do to get Masuka on camera. Well, and Masuka has that whole thing where he's like, he, he gets excited by the girl getting the tramp stamp. Yeah, and Deb says, "Well, she's into needles. Show her your dick." <sighs> so, well, the, we wouldn't have some of the best lines of the season. <laughs> <laughs> that's. That's all that was there for, a good setup. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what I had for my best line. <laughs> um, yeah, the, spoiler alert, me too. The uniform Latina Manzone, who's still on the show, uh, calls Deb with an update. She has eight people that look freaked out while withdrawing the maximum from ATMs like their victims. Um, the woman getting the tramp stamp keeps making eye contact with the camera while Deb's on the phone, <laughs> which is absolutely hysterical. Uh. It's like there's. It's like this is where strippers come to get their their tramp stamps. I guess I don't yeah. know. That's or maybe it's a combo place where like you, it's it's one in one out. It's just a rotation of mm-hmm. strip club tattoo. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that is like the tattoo parlor parlor thing. Um, there's just like a line of people getting very unfortunate things done, and then <laughs> that one woman like they show her in that in that scene where. Deb shows or Deb tells Masuka to show her his needle dick, um, but then she's on the phone and that girl's in the background, and mm-hmm. she just keeps like she kind of keeps squirming like in the scene. She keeps like turning around, and every time her head comes anywhere near facing the camera, she locks eye contact with it and then goes back around again. Once the, the, the final time you see her. She's looking into the camera, and they cut away. So, yeah, very gotta love a distracting background actor. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, the uh, Dexter goes to the pedo slash sex offender bridge to look for Lumen's target. Hey, this is a thing apparently <laughs> in Miami. Um, there's only one bridge where pedophiles and sex offenders can live <laughs> without being too close to schools and and children. So Miami's uh, a really small, limited area. They, There's not a lot there. 
Well, at least they know where they all are. <laughs> <laughs> makes it easy. Oh, we got another rape happening. Okay, just go to the bridge. You know he's there. And it's kind of nice down there. It's like kind of got a, a carnival uh, market atmosphere to it. So there's like guys with tents and TVs and they're just hanging first, out down there. Yeah, for a second I thought they switched over to The Walking Dead. And I was like, did they? Yeah. It was like, oh, this is very much Walking Dead feel where... This is where a camp would live of people who are still alive, yeah. but they're all just the worst people in the show. Well, Zach, you had that friend that was talking about, like, you know, do we point out inconsistencies in the show, like mountains in the background of shots yeah. that are supposedly in Miami? The way that you know this show isn't in Miami all the time is that anytime they're outside, not a single person is sweating. Mm-hmm. I think the only person mm-hmm. in the show sure. that ever sweat is Dokes. And that is not how Miami works. You you sweat all the time. Yeah. So. Everyone looks real cool and comfortable pretty yes. much when they're outside. And it's like, nah. They look a lot like they're in Southern California. And <laughs> yeah. not in Southern Florida. So. Yeah. Um, within a few minutes, the guy that uh, Dexter's looking for is found. Um, and he tells Dexter within a few minutes of meeting him that he was running a train on a blonde and Dexter M99s him. Harry tells Dexter to think about what he's doing and Dexter finds an ankle bracelet. He couldn't have been the one. I mean, like, that seems like a good way to make friends. It's like, so we were running a train on this chick, right? Yeah. Just lead with that. I'm also really into Dexter uh, putting on, like, he's like the master of disguise. Like, he'll, he'll put on, like, a hat, and he'll lower his voice, and he'll be like, yeah, fucking chicks, right? <laughs> and you're just like, it's so bad. It's so, it's, I mean, nothing will ever beat Miguel and his Unabomber <laughs> disguise, but, like, it's almost getting to that point where it's like, he's taking notes from Miguel. <laughs> He's the, he says, this co-ed and I have disagreement about the meaning of the word consent. Right. <laughs> I blacked out for that, too. Uh, I missed the only good part of the whole episode. Oh, man, How Dexter. do you not know about the pedo bridge? <laughs> I did remember the pedo bridge part. but Everybody does. Uh, it was a good line. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so he had, the guy has an ankle bracelet and is on parole. He could not have gone outside of the area of the pedo bridge. (laughs) Yeah, which is another thing, because when you have an ankle bracelet, usually, don't they have, it's like a, to an address or whatever, like, there's a set location. The pedo bridge. (laughs) You have to have an ankle bracelet to live on pedo bridge. It's kind of a thing. Yeah, that's, that's just like, it's like a colony. How are you not getting this? Like, this is where they live now. It's not just a regular ankle bracelet. You step outside from under the bridge, you get shocked. It's a whole thing. You go there, they give you an ankle bracelet and a trash fire. And that's what you get. Yeah, Dexter had to put one on to go in there. So. Yeah. Uh, Dexter comes home to find Quinn and Deb at the apartment. He asks what Quinn is doing there, and Deb pretends he was there to borrow a book. Very convincing. And shows him out. Dev admits that she and Quinn are fuck buddies. Dexter tells her to keep Quinn away from Harrison. Wait, yeah, like, it, uh, just the most awkward family moment, and it's like, doesn't have to be, because Quinn 
what is Quinn going to do with Harrison? That's a stupid thing. He saw and then- Quinn at the Pedo Bridge. <laughs> they left out that part. No, it's actually. I mean, what's going on there is Dexter knows that Quinn is sort of onto him, right? Sort of like into that. So he uses, I guess, like a morality thing against mm. Deb of like, you know, don't do your whoring around my son. Well, that would have been a better line. <laughs> <laughs> well, Deb probably would have kicked his ass if he'd said that, but. <laughs> Um, after he slams the door in her face, she says, like, actually, Quinn's not yeah. that bad. So Yeah. Also, can I ask, where did where did that room come from that he went into? Because isn't his bedroom <laughs> down the hallway where the kitchen is? And isn't it... Isn't yeah. Great it, question. I, don't, I was like, where is that? Where, where did that room come from? Great question. <laughs> it's so weird. We've never seen that side of the living room before. At least I can't remember. And then all of a sudden, there's another room there, and I don't know what's happening. They and, were... and no one's ever slept in there. Like they specifically <laughs> no. told us where everyone was sleeping when like eight people were living in that house, and yeah. that room was but never nobody mentioned, was so. in that room. That's true. <laughs> so funny. Maybe it's another door true. to the bathroom. I don't know. It's a it's a pre prepared kill room when the kids were all there, and then he's kind of <laughs> revamped it. I guess that's why the kids couldn't go in. Oh man. Um, so more Laguista. Uh, Laguerta gets home to a simmering Angel. She goes to the shower before eating Angel's cold dinner. Angel checks her BlackBerry. She has a text from the IA guy about a time and hotel to meet tomorrow. Um, shown again in the glorious new. Dexter phone font of of as large as possible. Yeah, that was that was even worse than you know Rita calling. It went next yeah. level bad with that one. Um, Lumen goes to Pedo Bridge disguised at, with a hoodie. She finds the guy pretty quickly too. She takes cover behind a concrete block, aims a gun at the guy. Dexter finds her and stops her just in time. Dexter convinces her that the man was on an ankle bracelet on parole and couldn't leave the area. She almost killed the wrong man. Dexter again tells her to go home, and she agrees to go home. Deb and Manzone go looking through Manzone's list of names. They found a very rotten dead couple crawling with flies and maggots. I really amped up the gore on this one. I was very proud. I was very impressed by that, although I was eating lunch when I was watching this, and I was eating rice, so that ended (laughs) Mm. that real quick. Mm. That, yeah, yeah, that, a little bit of a Lost Boys. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, yep, yep. Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> it looked uh, a lot like the maggots. Just saying. Mm, they're mm-hmm. so much protein. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think it's uh there. We've had a lot of the directors, same directors, and like writers go on to other shows like The Walking Dead. So I think that the Gore team must have gone on too. And this is where they got their start, but they just got better with Walking Dead. So, yeah, good for them. I mean, if you put money into something, it, it tends to work out better. Um, and I think they're doing more. I, th- I think they've they've definitely turned on the gore when they need to um, in more recent seasons. Uh, but, like, yeah, the same the same problem happens in The Walking Dead where, like, some seasons there's there's gore, and some seasons there's like a bunch of zombies that just look like guys in jackets and yeah, just walking around. So yeah, 
Uh, Angel arrives at a hotel where LaGuardia's appointment with the IA guy is. He sees them in a room and busts in. Turns out they are running a sting. Peter Weller is briefly seen in another room handcuffed. He and Angel do not see one another. LaGuardia did the sting for IA to clear Angel's bar fight. Big surprise. Angel wonders why she didn't just tell him. She wonders why he didn't just trust her. Uh, <laughs> I can think of many reasons he wouldn't trust her. Uh, at the crime scene, Dexter thinks that this was the first kill. The beheadings weren't clean, and these bodies have been around for a really long time. Dexter finds a poster for a nightclub with an eye symbol. Or Deb finds a poster for a nightclub with an eye symbol. It wasn't a tattoo. It was a hand stamp. There is a horrible... But it wasn't a... Sorry, it wasn't a tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah. She just sees it on some girl walking past. Yeah. Jimmy, stop! Stop! <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't a tattoo. It was a, it was a butt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're just following girls' butts until they get to the nightclub. <laughs> That's how Masuka figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> he just followed that girl, that the one from the tattoo parlor that kept looking in the camera. Hey, but Batista <laughs> solved the ice truck killer with a hooker's fake arm, so, you know, what are you going to do? Great things happen on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them is not the quality of the stock footage of the Miami airport that they show um, to establish where Lumen and Dexter are. But Dexter drops Lumen off at the airport. She says she's the only one she she says he's the only one she can ever tell about what's happened. He says she has his number if he ever wants to call him. Uh, Lumen is asked to do a security pat down and has a panic attack while being pat down patted down, but the scene ends ambiguously, so we don't see whether she makes it through security or not. Deb calls to check in with Quinn. Quinn turns out to be having drinks with Peter Weller. They're both angry at LaGuerta. Peter Weller delivers about eight insane metaphors before taking an assignment from Quinn to look into Dexter. Um, I didn't write any of them down, but they were like, you know, she's like a snake in the grass up your ass. Like, it's just all this ridiculous. He, he even does the fuck with the bull and you get the horns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Classic. So, uh, Quinn gets him to start looking into Dexter. Dexter tells off the mean mommies at Mommy and Me, there's nothing wrong with my son. Then Harrison viciously scratches him. Lumen gets into a cab. The driver says, welcome Miami. And no Will Smith song plays. That was the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. That should have been how they did the ending credits. It should have just been welcome to Miami, but... That would have cost them, like, at least 1200 bucks. So instead, they probably played Astro's Birthday Party. No, they just played the blood theme like <laughs> they always do. So that was it. Um, this one was directed by Romeo Tyrone, uh, who is a long-running director on the show, um, directs through season six. It was written by Tim Schlattman, uh, who wrote for many, many episodes as well. Uh, what is your best line of the episode? He's into needles. Why don't you show her your dick? Uh, of course. I didn't yep. even need to ask that. Yep. Yes, unanimous. <laughs> Pretty much. I agree. Yeah. yeah. How about the worst line of the episode? Uh, 
Conversely, tramp stamp, I think I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> wow, same scene. Huh? Same. Like, yep. Those were back to back, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> tramp stamps are masuka bait. Like, that's. <laughs> that's just all kinds of wrong. I don't. Like, the tramp stamp in general, like. Even the fact, like, just even the fact that it's named that it should be a, like, clue as to what a bad idea that is. <laughs> it's not. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Chicky Hines memorial performance of the episode. Ooh. <sighs> Tramp stamp girl? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she deserved it by locking eyes and her inability to not look at the camera. Yeah, honestly, more than anybody else. Yeah, well, if it's not her, it's Michelangelo. Like uh, (laughs) Michelangelo, (laughs) it was like telling them it's an eye. Yeah, that that was good. I don't. She looks recognizable, and I was like, well, at least she's just playing the part well, no matter what. So (laughs) there was that. You know. I just put down Lumen, but she didn't really do much this episode. I just, yeah. There wasn't anything spectacular Well, about she this and Dexter episode. had that same scene twice. Yeah. Where they met in the diner and had the same argument. So that that was going on. Now, I thought she I, her performance was good in this episode. Gave it to her because there was nobody else. And then her little, <laughs> you know, panic attack, she played that pretty well. And yeah. I didn't know what else to give it. Give it to. I'm gonna give it to Ryan Styles because in my head that was the best. <laughs> uh, that was the best version of the events as I saw them. But uh, uh, wish we could see the episode in your head. It's better oh, than this one. Man, it's so much better. Like Ryan Styles does the whole uh, the whole <laughs> performance in the Carol Channing voice that he does. So, but I have to find them. They they hurt me. I need to hurt them back. <laughs> um. That'll do it. Thanks, guys, for helping uh, <laughs> me with Season 5, Episode 5, First Blood. And we'll be back on the next Deeply Discussing Dexter. <laughs> <laughs>